Hey everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they are blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help show you that it doesn't have to be that way at all. I'll share with you the process I use for starting my own company, and you too can soon be on your way to starting your own service-based company. We'll work through some common issues that are preventing you from starting your own company and filling your own true potential. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with someone else who you might think also wants to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow in the same way. It takes two things for that to happen. We have to provide you with great information and great content, and you have to help share our valuable message. We know that many of you are out there on different social media groups for your various trades or skills or crafts, and those groups are begging for this kind of info virtually every day. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and drop a link to the show in the comments on those posts. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and which, with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, what's going on, man? What's going on, feeling dude? Feeling pretty good? I'm Be- feeling great. I'm good. Marcus? I'm, I'm great. Mr. Producer Marcus, what's oh, going on this morning, going, bud? How's it going? It's Mar- going good, man. Marcus is cold. He's got I a, am freezing in here. He's got yeah. a hoodie, a coat. <laughs> Yeah, a beanie. Our studio can, about be, out the can be questionable at times. It's, it's uh, <laughs> the temperature is not. Uh, I didn't put the heating and cooling in in this one. I right. probably should have. Uh, you know. So, but that's okay. Full full disclosure here. Our studio is in a storage room above my garage. It's got its own heating and cooling system. However, right now it's about ten degrees outside, so our garage is pretty cold. Yeah, getting the getting the studio temperature on not, point can be a little bit challenging. I'm not showing am I? So I'm no, good. <laughs> I'm not, not Aniston it out yeah, here. Am you're I? not too cold. <laughs> In the last show, we talked about <clears throat> QuickBooks and banking and accounting, and uh, uh, we also talked about behaving like the customer that you want for your business. Yeah. Before we dive into today's show, does anybody have any questions about last week's? Sh- no, I'd like to go over you know just the regular adversities. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, this is going to be the last episode of the third preparation adversity. Yeah, so so we've got we've got three preparation steps yeah. that we've prepared for yeah, you. Yeah, and those we, were you know we've already been over them. Yeah. Uh, one's personal finance prep. That's episode one and two. Business finance prep episode three. Yep. System prep episode four, five, and six. We're yep. on episode six right now. Yep. Okay, and those are just the preparation adversities, getting you ready to start the company. Yep. Okay, after you start it, you're get ready to go. Then it's beginning adversities. Uh, four. Community involvement work. Step four, episode seven. Episode seven. It, it's a little confusing. That's yep. why we bring it up every time. Yep. Okay. Number five, uh, wake up, do work, repeat. That's and then, step five, episode eight. Yes. And then six is evaluate performance, make adjustments, and improve. That'll be the final uh, episode of the adversity group, and yep. that'll be episode nine. Yep. So the first nine episodes of this show are going to be titled Core Adversities. And they're going to be kind of lumped together. And so if you're if you're just now tuning into the show, you're going to want to go back and listen to the first nine episodes in order. Um, let's say you're tuning into this show way down the road. 
you can listen to those first nine episodes and then kind of jump back in wherever. You don't necessarily have to go listen to every episode. I mean, we'd like you to. Oh, yeah, you totally could. I mean, we're not making money off any of the episodes, but, (laughs) you know, we have a... Our egos are, you know, there's some ego there. It'd be nice if you'd go back and listen to those. We'd appreciate it. We we just knew early on that we needed to organize this in a fashion to where you don't feel like you have to play catch up and listen to every yeah. episode out there. But so you we do need to listen content. to those first nine, yep. for sure. Yep. So um, on today's show, we're going to talk about LLCs and S-Corps and sole proprietorships. We're also going to talk about setting up some of the uh, tracking mechanisms that you're going to be using later. Some more of those systems prep. Yeah, this is this is setting up. So one system is how your business is going to operate from. That's your your filing status, your LLC or S corp or whatever. Um, another system that we're working on today is setting up how you're going to track your performance later. So once you start your business, you're going to need need to be tracking your performance. But before we start the business, we have to set up those tracking mechanisms today. And we need to do that because hopefully when you take off, you're going to be so busy doing work and doing those things. You don't want to have to be trying to fumble around with setting up those systems, yeah. um, you know, to help you. So yeah. you, you want to get those done first. Yeah. And the last thing we're going to talk about today is uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, trashing your fellow tradespeople or your competition. And we're going to talk about some of the bad things that can come when you start trashing some of your competition. Yeah, and that's, so. that's being professional. That's uh, being a good salesman. It's not just about don't talk smack. Right, right. It's more millionaire mindset type yeah. stuff. So uh, starting off, sole proprietorship, LLC, or S-Corp. What is going to be best for you? Well, let's say right now there are more than that. That's there what are. we're focusing on because yep. we're into the small business starting out, and those right. are the ones that fit that criteria the best. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not going to make the switch from self employed or from employee to self employed and go right into C corp. No, that's that's <clears throat> more entrepreneurial type stuff. That's more big giant business venture <clears throat> venture capitalist where you're seeking investors and all that. That's that's a whole different ball game. From, that's not us. From you working for somebody to working for yourself, and you can get to that. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. This yep. is this can be a plat your your LLC can be a platform for you to go anywhere. Yep. Absolutely. Um, obviously, the legal answer to everything that we're going to talk about here is contact your tax professional. Um, we're not known for being too official, so we're going to blend that with some of our own life experiences of what worked best for yeah, us. Yeah, and you and- should always we're gonna we're gonna give you questions to ask your tax professional. Right. What, you know, and and we're going to do the first initial breaking down of those things because a lot of people think when you when you go to someone and you say uh, sole proprietor, LLC, S-Corp, they immediately have this fog. We're going to try to break that fog down a little ways yeah. so that then you can go to your accountant and say, okay, I, I know that I could do this or this. These are going to fit me the best. Yeah. But what is the exact answer and which way do I need to go? Yeah. My accountant has often told me that he wishes more of his clients had a better understanding of taxes like I do. Now, I'm not a tax professional. I know just enough about taxes to ask the right questions. Yes. I let my tax guy do all of the, the smart work. Okay? And you just did pre-research. Yeah. And we're breaking down that pre-research yeah. to get you there. Exactly. We're going to clear that fog a little bit so that you, too, can ask the right questions to exactly. your tax professionals. So um, first off, let's hit up sole proprietorships. 
I am not familiar with any platform where a sole proprietorship would be a good option. Um, that doesn't mean they're not out there. Uh, obviously they're out there because people do it, but, um, the biggest downfall is there is no limited liability protection against you as a person. Yes. Okay. So So for these type of companies, it does it 99% of the time it doesn't work, uh, for us. Yeah. You're, um, if, if somebody with a sole proprietorship, if somebody tries to sue your business, they're also suing you. Yes. And that is not good, right? You don't want to lose your house we, because somebody sued your business. You know, and and you might think, oh, well, everyone, all everyone ever says is LLC, LLC, LLC. Well, there's a reason. It works. Yeah. Okay. It, and it works It works. Well. So again, we're not saying don't do sole proprietor. We're just saying that for the types of businesses that we've had, it was definitely not an option no. for us. So now LLC versus S Corp. Oh, man. The biggest, so both of them offer you protections, per, like to separate your personal finances away from your business finances. Yes. The biggest difference between an LLC and an S Corp is uh, the amount of money. The, the biggest difference that's going to make you choose one or the other is the amount of money that you are making. Um, and why is that? Uh, well, an S Corp is a corporation, and filing corporate taxes costs a lot more money than filing personal taxes. An LLC is a pass-through entity, which means all of this money you're making on the business passes through the business and onto your personal finances. And so filing personal taxes is cheaper than filing corporate taxes. And so what happens is uh, as, a, as an LLC, um, you're, you're paying a cheaper tax filing amount, your accountant's charging you less, well, eventually you start making enough money where you could actually file as a corporation and save yourself some tax money, but you got to make so much in order for that to even like teeter-totter and flip the scale. Yeah, and an S-Corp, I mean, the taxes pass through to you, um, but in a different way. Yeah. So um, it, as an LLC, anything that shows as net profit, you're paying taxes on that. As personal income. Yes. So even if you think in your mind's eye, I'm going to save this money. This is not going to be my money. This is going to be the business's money. Right. Well, if you're an LLC, you're paying taxes on that money. Yep. Now, if you're an S Corp, you're only, you, can, you are allowed uh, different tax liabilities to say, hey, no, I'm going to take that money and that's going to be for future use over here on this yeah. or on this. And your accountant's going to say, okay, as an S Corp, you can take that money and file it away over here and not pay, um, I don't want to say taxes, but you're not going to have to pay uh, profit taxes on right. that money. Right. So the biggest tipping point between LLC and S-Corp is about eighty dollars to $100,000 of, of net income. So... Um, if your business is netting, and after, that's a rule of thumb, yeah, it's it's a rule of thumb, uh, and 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 again, your situation might be different. However, if your business is netting between eighty and a hundred thousand dollars of profit or income, n- net income, then you're pro- you're going to hear your accountant wanting to flip you over from LLC to S corp, and not every time, but you know, eighty percent of the time, he might be saying, okay, when when my clients come in and they've bumped to this number. Yeah. That's kind of my personal threshold for, Hey, we need to start thinking about doing something else. Yeah. The, so 
that eighty to hundred thousand dollar number is literally the break even number between the amount of money you're going to save on your taxes by filing S corp versus LLC and the additional money it costs to file those S corp taxes. So um, at eighty grand is kind of the tipping point. At a hundred grand, it's it's cheaper for you to be an S corp than it is an LLC. Yeah, and those are questions that you're going to want to ask your accountant. And actually, he's going to ask you. So if you go to an accountant and he says. Okay, so how much money do you think you're going to make the first year? And you say 50000 He's going to say, well, we're going to file an LLC. It's an LLC. We're going to move on. Now, if you want to get to an S-Corp later, what, you know, that's where you're going to go to. And yeah. let's talk about just S-Corp for a second. You know, when people think, what's an S-Corp? Well, S-Corp is a corporation, and the S stands for subchapter. Yep. And that's a tax classification. Yep. Okay, and now, and you might say, oh, well, what's a tax classification? I don't know what, you know, you know what is it? Ask your accountant. Okay, yeah. you know, and he's going to break it down and say, okay, if, if if you guys are making this, and the reason we can't go into it is because we don't know what your overhead's going to be. So your the amount of money that actually shows as profit is going to be different, no matter what type of business. Even if there, if we were all five plumbers, right? You know, all of those are going to be different. This guy's got a building. This guy's got eighteen trucks. This guy's got one truck. This is a one man shop. He works out of his wife's minivan. I, right. So they're all going to be different, but. So those are the questions that you're going to want to ask them. I mean, the S Corp is a corporation, yep. okay? And then it just has a different designation, which, you know, puts you into a different tax liability. Yeah. And again, our, our goal here is not to tell you what to do. Our goal is to arm you with the information so you can be talking to your accountant with confidence. Um, much like uh, some of the other topics we've talked about so far, we were going to give you some options and, and arm you with some information, but then I'm also going to share with you experiences that I did or that I had starting my own company. So um, I used an LLC. Um, I was a little unsure of how much money we were going to be making. I had, I definitely had some goals in mind, but it wasn't guaranteed. Nothing is. And so we started out as an LLC. We started our business halfway through the year. We opened our business on August 1st. And so I had prior income from working for somebody else up through that year. Yeah, so you've already and, paid your taxes for those first six months. Right. Or a portion of them, depending on how the rest of the year worked out. Right, right. And so I spent seven months working for somebody else, and then I spent five months of that year, six months, five months of that year, uh, working for myself. Um, so it, an LLC is a pass-through entity that files on your personal taxes. And so at the end of that year, the business, our business did okay, but then you take what the business made in those five months com combined with my salary that I was making working for somebody else for the first seven months of the year, and that immediately put us into a classification where it was cheaper to go S-Corp. And so in my own personal experience, we did what they call a late designation where it's basically you write this letter to the state and you say, hey, look, we made more money than we thought we were going to, and so... Um, we're going to do a late designation and request that we're allowed to flip over to an S corp status. And this, and this was almost, all advised by they, my accountant. They I, almost always let you do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so my, my accountant said, you need to do this. It's going to save you money on your taxes. And I said, okay, you know, he's the expert. And so that's what we did. Uh, so don't think you can make a wrong decision. If you think, well, I don't think I'm going to make more than 80 or a hundred, but then you end up doing it. You can always file a late designation later if you would like. Yeah. To. And if you think that you're going to be, um, your spouse works, and you're going to do crafts from home, but you're going to sell them online and you're going to be showing some, 
additional revenue, just do an LLC. Yeah. It's easy. You yep. go right on LegalZoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about any of that, but you can go on LegalZoom or the Secretary of State website um, and file that, get your tax ID number, Yep. and you're rolling. Right. So, you know, we've we've teased about it before. Like, we're going to talk about how to set up your LLC and all that stuff. Yeah, why don't you do that since it's, I brought that up out of order? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's, it's easy. Like... Everyone makes it out to be this giant hurdle, and that's why I can't start my businesses because I don't know how to set up an LLC. You literally go to the Google machine, and you type in how to set up an LLC in whatever state you live in. Yeah, don't forget your state because they are different. Right, and you scroll down through Google and skip the first five or seven you know, things that are always ads, and you go back down to the actual organic search results, Yeah, and you're going to find the Secretary of State website for your state. And you're going to click on that, and it's probably going to bring you to the exact page you need yeah. to, to file for your and LLC. And they're a lot easier than they used to be. Yeah. I mean, they realize, oh, you know what? And Listen, Again. The, the government's out to make money, so the easier it is for them to get you there and pay your fee, yeah. they're happier. So now it's, it's almost like they've streamlined it, Yeah. and everyone can just go on there and be like, boo doo They send you your tax ID number. Yeah, the government wants you to be a business because yeah, businesses pay more taxes, right? So the government will use any excuse they can to call you a business. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, they will. I'm, I'm serious. Like, yeah. um, and, and and so they're going to make it pretty streamlined. But you can also do LegalZoom and just pay them. And there's like a phone, like they'll they'll set up a phone call with I was you. Say, there's they, a phone call where they they yep, call you, and it's like 249 bucks and done. You're like official. And and don't get me wrong. They have these other add-on options too, where you can like protect your business in this way for like four hundred dollars, and you can do all this. Again, our advice is not to tell you what to do. Our advice is to prepare you to for what you're about to see, and and to prepare you for the right questions to ask. Yeah, and now listen, if you if you were searching for an accountant, we talked about this in the last episode, and you're calling around to accountants. If you called one out of the blue and said, "Hey, I want to start my own company." I'm looking for an accountant. What do I do about LLC and sole proprietorship or S Corp? Yep. He will probably tell you that information over the phone for free. Yeah. Like, he might. look, hey, he might. I charge 350 bucks. You can go and I'll do everything for you and yeah. we'll get you set up. You can go to LegalZoom. If he's a reputable accountant, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, not all of them. Right. I mean, and say he says, you know, why don't you come in and we have a, a consultation fee of $50. We sit down with you for an hour and get. You know, 50, Do it. 50 bucks That's is cheap. not a big deal, okay? Right. I, and I was just using that as an example. Yep. I mean, guys aren't, they're not always, if they're reputable, they're not looking to gouge you. Right. They're looking to be a, a part of your team yep. and get you rolling on the right foot because guess what? Just like the government, when when you're making more money and having to, having to have them uh, put more time in, they're making more money also. Right. Right, the more work that they have to do for your for to doing taxes and everything on your business, the yeah. more money they're making. So they want you to be successful. Um, so for me personally, I liked the versatility that came with an LLC. It gave me the protections I needed, but um, it also gave me the versatility to perform the business like I wanted to early on. The biggest question a lot of people have about all of that stuff is like, how do you pay yourself? So for me. As an LLC. We talked about that a little bit in the previous episode, but we're going to get a little more depth right here. Yeah, yeah. So as an LLC, um, LLC's owners, um, especially before you have like employees and legitimate payroll going, if you're a one-man shop and you're an LLC, you're not on payroll. No, you're writing yourself a check. You're writing yourself a check. And so you're going to do what's called an owner's draw. Yeah, member's draw. 
Yep. Lots of words for it. And so what that means is literally the business is writing a check to you personally, and that's your paycheck. Yep. Okay. Now, be smart with it. Don't pay yourself too much. Because yeah. you're depleting cash away from the business that the business needs in order to perform. Also, that money is not taxed yet from yet. going from business to personal. It will be. The second you write that check, there's no hiding where that money goes. Right. It went into your personal account. You wrote David Hilton on it. You wrote Mitch Smedley on it. Guess what? They know right now that money is for you. That's yep. your money, and now it's a paycheck. So what I did was... I would take an owner's draw. Let, I'm just going to use round numbers. If I wanted to pay myself $1,000 a week, what I would do is my owner's draw would be for 30% more than what I wanted to pay myself. So I would do an owner's draw of $1,300 each week from the business to my personal finances. The business would literally write a check yeah. to Mitch Smedley personally. Yeah. And then I would take that $1,300 and I would put it in my bank account, but then I opened on the personal bank account, I opened up a second bank account that was like you in, you know, today's day and age, you can do all this digitally. And I, I nicknamed that bank account tax savings account. Yeah. So then I would take that extra 30% that I paid myself that $300 and I would immediately move it to my tax savings account. Yeah. What that does is it allows me to see income but it also sets money aside for the taxes that I will have to pay eventually. Yes. And uh, I did that for the first five months of our business. And here comes, you know, January, February, March, April, whatever is tax, is tax time. Lo and behold, my tax savings account that I had been saving that extra 30% on every month was darn near to the penny yeah. what it needed to be to pay my taxes. Yeah, and, 30, and, and for guys that are making... This is another rule of thumb. If you're making a hundred grand a year, okay, even if, and if your wife's working or not working, mm -hmm. that thirty to thirty-five percent number is almost always correct. It's it's fairly close. And worst case scenario, let's say you're saving thirty percent and you come out where you're only paying twenty-six percent in taxes. That's okay. a bonus. You That's got a your year-end bonus. You got a little bit. It's, it's no different than when when you go do your like when you're working for somebody else and you do your taxes and you get a tax refund. Same thing. That's your same refund, right? Yeah. So and the way I did it, just as an example, is just a, a tiny bit different. So I always I tried to base everything off of 100. percent So I would and usually I wrote myself uh, either one or two checks a month. So say I was going to write myself a two thousand dollar check, but it was the same thing. I would just okay, I'm going to write myself a two thousand dollar check. I'm going to take 30% of that. Let's say it was 1000 just for easy math. Mm -hmm. I was going to write myself a check for $1,000. I'm going to take 300 of that, and I'm going to move it to this savings account. Yeah. And I just left it in there. I took 700 and put it in mine. And then that freed me up to know in the back of my mind, that $700 is mine. Yep. I don't have to do anything with it. I could give it to my wife and say, here, that's, that's my paycheck. Do with it what you will. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, when the piper came, I had that money. And they right. said, okay, hey, you owe us $6,500. Oh, look, this checking account's got $7,300 in it. Right. I'm covered. I'm I write, ready. I write a check out of that account. Right. And whatever's left, I could leave it there for the next year. Yep. I could take that out because now that's my money. Kind I've paid yours. taxes on that money already. Yeah. Down and, the road I went. And you could even, because again, you're paying your taxes kind of a few months after the end, the year's over, right? So- um, and that's on yearly taxes. We're not talking on, quarterly. That's on yet. yearly. No. We're going to go into quarterly. We'll, but. we'll go into quarterly later. However, your first year in business, you will not be paying quarterly taxes. No. 
quarterly threshold yet. Right. Quarterly taxes are derived in your second year of business, and they're going to use what you made in your first year and as well as some other information to develop estimated quarterly taxes. So you will not be doing quarterly taxes in your first year. That's why you have to do it this way. Um, the, The other thing that we're going to talk about taxes is happily pay them. And this seems backwards, and there's a lot of people that don't like paying taxes, and I get it. However, in order for you to be successful, you got to flip your mindset to a point where you are happily paying taxes. Again, it doesn't make it less painful. You're not happily, but you know that you're doing the right thing, and doing the right thing is the puts you on the right path. Right. People that refuse to pay taxes or that don't happily pay them are usually the ones that get in trouble. They're the ones that are taking the owner's draws for all of the money that's left in the business Ugh. bank account, and they're buying the boats, and they're buying the trucks, and they're buying the lake house. And then they're saying, woe is me later when the tax man comes and totally hoses them, and they ask for their money, and they don't have the money to pay it. So... Um, yeah, then they're, oh, the government's out to get me. Right, right. You have to be a good you steward. You weren't smart. You didn't have the discipline. You know what? Let me, uh, can I bring up a point about um, that may make it easier for you to pay your taxes? Yeah. So, um, and I'm not trying to get political here, but but Trump was on like a week ago on a show and he said, we need to take credit. Everyone in this country needs to take credit for creating the COVID vaccine because that was tax money. That was used to create those vaccines and give those out for free. It wasn't for free. We all paid for it. Right. Okay. Right. 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 With the tax dollars. Yeah. Use that. You know, use that as to soften the blow. Right. Now, are they? I don't want to get too political, but are they always using our money wisely? No. Right. But are they using it efficiently? No. But 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 wisely, some yes. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, and I'm happy to pay that. And and look more when it comes to taxes. Don't Gotta look, get those roads done. Don't you know? look federal as much as looking local. Yeah. Um, your taxes go to schools and right. and go to roads <laughs> and go to your local city a that you live in and everything property, else. Property, but yes, they're a, a part of those state taxes go to that. Yeah. So you know, look look at a little more tangible and a little bit more local. It's easy to get lost Innovation. in the fog of taxes yeah. when you. I mean. There's, there's no shortage of problems in this nation, and, and it's a whole lot easier to find problems than it is to find successes. It is, and that's why I bring that up. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need a little nugget yeah. to, to keep you going. And when if you've ever been to another country, for example, and driven down the roads, and then you come home and you're like, you know, you bitch. Oh, yeah. you can't drive. There's right. so many potholes. And you're in another country, and then you come home and you're like, oh, shit. Right. Our highway system is is amazing. I right. can go from New York to California in two days. Yep. You know, it's just, you know, sometimes we're spoiled. Yep. You know, Taking things take, for those, granted. take those yeah. little nuggets and say, hey, you know this what? This is your taxes That's at work. my sign that I paid for right there. Right. You know, I did the work. I paid my part and I did that. And, yep. it, and I'm not saying I love ta- paying taxes. We should all pay 90% taxes. No. No, no, no. But no, try no. to just get a little bit of reprieve. Try to have a little perspective like we talk about right. when you're paying those taxes. Yeah. And if you're willing to lie on your taxes to get out of paying them, that means you're willing to lie to your customers. And as we've said before, customers have an excellent bullshit meter. And so if you're willing to lie to your customers and willing to lie on your taxes, your customers are going to pick that up. So um, there, there's great honor in knowing 
that you are completely above board and honest with your taxes. We talked about that in the last episode. We are so above board in my company that, you know, bring on an audit. And yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass and it's a whole bunch of work to work through an audit. However, I ain't scared because we're doing everything so above board it ain't even funny. Like they would probably laugh and they'd be like, you really deposited all this cash? Yeah. Like (laughs) most people like try to skim a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, so. um, Once I've said this before, I've never taken cash and not paid taxes on it. Just let the record state. Scout's right, honor. right, right, right. No, so just let the record state. Not <laughs> that's what I'm weather scout, but you know, not only is it is it uh, dishonest to lie about your taxes, but you're also shooting yourself in the foot in the future. You know, when businesses need to borrow money to grow and expand, if you're showing smaller profits because you're hiding some some income, well, guess what? That's Banks good. are going to see that. It could hurt you later, and they're going to say, "Well, you don't have enough income to get this loan." Well, no, I do. It's just I didn't report half of it. Yeah, the uh, bank looks at busted. you like, okay, you're a shithead. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, your financials are a direct link to your future performance. It's okay to show a lot of income. And, and your banks are going to want to see that in the future. Um, I just I just learned firsthand. So uh, about a week ago, we completely upgraded the, our entire fleet of vehicles in, in our fleet. We have three plumbing vans. Um, I bought them all less than two years ago. And I had an opportunity to upgrade our vehicles to get larger vehicles. Because so we could the vehicle work. crunch. Let's yeah. be honest. So it, it yeah. works out. So so I was able to trade in all of our other vehicles. I traded them in for a lot more than I paid for them. But I also paid a premium on the new ones. And so I needed to, to borrow the money. I didn't need to. I could have paid cash for it. But I wanted to see if I could borrow the money. Um, and so that way it kept my cash in reserve. And because of our awesome financials that we put out with our with our, you know, honest and ethic performance, uh, honest and ethical performance because of those, um, a bank was willing to come through. We've been in business for 18 months. Yeah. And a bank was willing to say, yeah, we'll loan you money on yeah, all three they of those wait, Now let's say, they, is that unheard of? Um, it's, it's, it's not rare. unheard of. It's a little rare. But it's a little rare. Yeah. Now they went, now let's be honest. They went through every monthly statement. Yeah. They sat down and they were like, okay, what did you do this month? Where did everything go? What, where did you, what did you do this mm, month? Where right. did everything go? And then they, but it's but really by like that. Do, by doing like they that, look at it like, yes, they yeah. they can see your cash flow. Okay. By doing that, and then they can say, okay, well, he spent that on this. Right. Well, you know what? He doesn't need that now. Right. He's bought these trucks, so that cash flow can come here. And a and a good businessman that works at a bank, a loan officer, you know, if you will, they you know they can go through all that BS as yeah. we like to call it and see where the actual numbers are. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if I would have been underreporting my revenue. And pocketing some of that money, that bank would have said, you don't have enough revenue to do this. And it would have shot me in the foot. Yeah. So because I'm doing the right thing when it comes to taxes, it helped me out tremendously. Yeah. Now let's, now he's not saying, um, just report everything as profit every time you owe it to yourself and your business to take every deduction, legal deduction that you can to preserve as much money as you can so that you can spend it as you see fit. Yeah, and you know, on a lot, trucks. A lot of people employee like employee raises, yeah. advertising. You know, you you have to focus that money and a good accountant, like we've said fifty thousand times, is gonna help you do that. Yeah, you wanna work the best within the system that's given to you. And yeah. we don't pick the system. No. But right? we have to but there are rules and there yeah. is an outline and you have to navigate that maze of bullshit right, to, right, try, right. to try to do the best that you can with what you've earned. Right. Um, I recently heard a story uh, of a guy who was fudging his taxes for like six years. He's been in business for six years and he was fudging his no taxes. Names. No names. No names. Um, yeah. It finally caught up with him. And 
Now he's in with a good accountant that does things above board. And now his good accountant says, I got bad news for you. You're in trouble, bud. You owe $150,000 in back taxes. <laughs> and you don't have a choice. I'm not laughing at him. I mean, I would just, That's like if crazy, an man. accountant yeah. said that to me, I would just laugh because I wouldn't know what else to do. Just be like, oh, right, dude. So that's not a story anybody wants to be involved no, with. No, of course oh, not. So you owe it yourself. Like, I'm, it's a I'm nightmare, not, bro. Nobody ever wins against the IRS. No, nobody. Unless you kill them all. I'm the kidding. IRS always wins. Oh and so God, because man. of that, you've got to do the right thing when it comes to taxes. Um, next. I know who's going to be getting audited soon. Yeah. No, dude, I'm on the up and up. Next thing to talk about. My accountant's awesome. He keeps track of everything. That stuff goes in. And I mean, they are. Well, you want to kill them, so. They are on it. The IRS agents? <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> Next thing to talk about. Key performance indicators. What do, um, we, what do we mean by that, Mitch? Uh, so the nickname for this is KPI, but these are the things that are going to tell you day-to-day, uh, -day, week week-to-week, month-to-month, how your business is performing. So with, and this is why they're called key performance indicators. These are the things that indicate to you whether you're performing um, above goal, below goal, or at goal, or whatever you want. And these are movable. You set them. You also set your own goals. So we're going to talk about how to set up some key performance indicators so that you perform at the level that you want to with your business. Now, one big overlying caption with key performance indicators is they're dramatically different from business to business to business. If you're doing a hair salon, your key performance indicators are going to be greatly different than if you're a plumbing company or if you're a lawnmower or whatever the case may be. So we're going to talk about some of the general overlying conditions that you're going to want to monitor with these key performance indicators. And then I'm going to give you some real life stuff of what I monitor in my business. This is yet again another area where when we open up the question and answer stuff and everything else, if you have questions for what might be some key performance indicators for yours, you'll be able to send those in and we may be able to help you out. Yeah, and those, when you start sending those in, don't think of this is a stupid question because there, there may be 20 other people that have the same question. Yeah. Because some of these things that we're talking about are in generalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you really need, sometimes people need help breaking that stuff down. Yep. And if your question is, what call, this is, this is my situation, what column do I put that in in my Excel spreadsheet? We right. will tell you. If yeah. we answer that question, we're probably going to go into some serious depth about, okay, this is where you need to be. Yep. You know, Mitch is going to answer some of those questions. I might answer some of those questions. We're, we are going to give you what you need. So just... Don't be afraid to send the question in. We're yeah. not, I mean, especially at the beginning, we're probably going to be able to get to all of them. Yeah. You know, so just write it down. If you're listening to this and you're, you have a serious question, write it down and send it to us. Yeah. Ultimately, what gets measured usually improves. And so the purpose of key performance indicators is to measure things in your business that have the biggest impact on your business and have the biggest chance to improve your business. And it makes a visual for you to yeah. see. You can see it. Yeah. So um, in episode eight, we're going to be talking about um, tracking and improving and, and evaluating and everything else. Ultimately, that entire episode is built off of the key performance indicators that we're going to teach you how to track right now. So we got to, in order to prepare properly, we have to put those key performance indicators in place today so that we can track all of that properly in the future. 
We don't want to be starting the business and then figuring out how to track everything. Yes. Right. right. Now so, you're going to need numbers. Like you just said, you're going to need numbers to fill those sheets out. Yeah. But to have, have the systems prep yep. done yep. in order to do that, that's what we're working on. So there's, there's a couple of key areas that you're going to want to track. Okay. You're going to want to track the number of opportunities you were given that day to make a sale. You're also going to want to track the number of sales you made that day. And then you're going to want to track the value of each sale so that you can develop an average sale. So what this looks like is... Average sale as in made the sale and average sale as in I made at this average amount of money on that sale. Right. So Two different things there. So what this looks like is I had... I'm just going to, again, use round numbers. I had 10 opportunities to make a sale today. I made a sale on eight of those 10. So that means my conversion rate is 80%. So that means that we converted 80% of our opportunities into a sale. Okay. And then of those opportunities, basically you take the total revenue for the day and then you divide it amongst those eight sales that you made. And, and now you have an average sale. So let's say we made $100 on each opportunity. So now our average sale is $100. Yeah. Our total revenue is $800. Yes. Okay. So you're going to want to be building a spreadsheet in Excel or Google Sheets or whatever to where you can develop... Like mine is monthly. And then in each month, I've got like a section for each week of the month. And then in each week of the month, I've got a section for each day. So each day I can go in and track, okay, I had this many opportunities today. I made this many sales today. My sales were $100, $150, $50, and $100, or you know whatever the case may be. And then this, this again, this is a cool thing with Excel is you can set it up to where it'll automatically tell you your total revenue for the day. And you can build the formulas to where it will automatically tell you your average sale for the day. And then because I've got it grouped into days and evolving into a week, as I plug it in for each day, it will, my system will automatically tell me, okay, for the week, you're converting at 78%. And your average sale is this amount of money and your total revenue is this amount of money. And then as that, again, these sheets are built monthly. So again, I built the sheet. So it'll give me like individual weeks performance. But then at the bottom of the sheet, it's also going to give me like an ongoing performance for the whole month. You know, I may have had a good week and a bad week. And then at the bottom of the sheet, it'll kind of blend it out for me and say, okay, here's where you are for the month. For the month, you're converting at 80% and your average sale is $200 a sale. And so your, your gross revenue for the month is X. Yeah. And um, can I say something just about yeah, that yeah. real quick? So <clears throat> to a lot of guys, um, like I started out, Mitch and I both started out new construction. They're listening to that going, oh, are you freaking kidding me? Yawn, bore, wah, wah, wah. But if you sit down and do that, it gives you uh, just the upper hand of knowing mm-hmm. where that money's going how am I getting that money? I shouldn't say where that money's going, but where those calls where are coming going. From. Where, yeah, where is that money coming from? How can I improve on it? And, you know, a whole other point is you can cross-section that work too. Like, say you're a lawnmower, and you go back and look, like, say the previous month is April. Oh, man, it rained from blah, blah, blah to blah, 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 and my sales calls went up X Right. You know what I mean? You could always well, yeah, be like... Yeah, because it's raining and the grass is growing, exactly. so you're mowing more. And this is and this is a business 101. Hey, everybody should know this common sense stuff. But, 
you know, in other business, that cross-sectioning may be different. You could be like, oh, you know what? Maybe, you know, for the last two years I've seen that. Maybe I should put door hangers up the three weeks before that. Right. You know what I mean? And then and then you're building that platform even further because two years later, that's four years back. Hey, right. our sales and our calls went up this much right. by doing that. Yeah. And it allows you to really, if you want to step back and look at the big picture, yeah. you know, a lot of people say an, uh, paralysis by analysis, but sometimes you need those numbers. I shouldn't say sometimes. You always need those numbers to evaluate where you're going, where you've been, how do I get there? And I think that that is just, you know, that's another part of key performance indicators that can take you to um, you know, the next level, right. You know, what are those metrics? Right. Right. You right. know, where are you? The, uh, um, there we go. Um, the other, the other thing that I track in mine is the, the biggest thing that I track in mine is usually conversion. Um, say, are you talking sales conversion? Yeah. Sales conversion. Okay. So the mm-hmm. number of opportunities I have each day versus the number of sales I make, um, can like, Conversion is the most important number of all of those, right? Uh, because conversion means a happy customer. I can't make a, hust- a customer. I can't make a, a customer that I didn't sell anything to happy. So no, con- they might actually be a little disappointed. Hey, I right? had this guy out and I didn't like his number, or you know, and, and people are moody. You, right. Y- you know, you can't get them all. Right, right, right. <laughs> so um, for me in my business, I want to convert 80% of the calls that I go on each day. I want to convert 80% of those calls to a sale. And, um, so and a lot of people say, well, why wouldn't you want to convert a hundred percent to a sale? Well, I need that 80% in order to tell me that my price is correct. The price that I'm asking of my customers is correct. If I'm converting 100% of the calls that I go on into a sale, it means that I'm charging too little money for the sales. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're in a, and your profit margin is going to indicate those things too. So if you're in a, a low profit margin business, I, I bring this up all the time. If you're in a lawn mowing company, mm-hmm. you need to sell more than 80% of the calls that you go on, okay. you know, cause you're making less money per call. Right. You know, you need more volume. You need to seriously, that number is going to be higher for you. Right. Okay. Right. And now if you're, if you're in a business that say you're a crane operator and you get a call that may, even though you're making more money, that may also need to be higher right? because you're going, you're taking less of them. Yeah. And those are just examples of, um, how it's going to be different for your company. Right. Right. So every, everyone's going to be a little bit different. And when we get to the Q and a side of things, you may be able to kind of call in and, or, you know, email in and ask yeah. some of that stuff. And you know so. what? And, and question, when we get to question and answer, some of those might not be questions. They may be statements, right? Hey, my business did, you know, this, we get this many calls and my number is 60%. Yeah. We want to hear from you. Yeah. 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 Send that in, send that information in. We'll, you know, we don't have anything to give out yet, but right. we might someday, right. You know, send that might in. Have a t-shirt or something. Yeah. You know, send that in and say, Hey, and, and, and give a paragraph, yeah. you know, it's just email. It's easy to type it up and you don't have to be a professional. Yeah. Just, you know, Hey, these were my numbers. This is how I got there. Right. Right. And, and if it's interesting and we think that it'll help other people, we'll read it. And once you understand like, what is your target number? Like I know my target number is 80%. Yeah. Once I understand what my target number is, if I'm converting my calls at over 80%, it means my price is too low. 
But yeah, what's, maybe what, too low. What's funny is if I'm converting my calls at under 80%, it does not mean my price is too high. It means that I need to work on my salesmanship skills or and could, my presentation. Could. could. It could be either. It, it could be either. But in your but market, in, in and a, you'll get a good feel for that after yeah. you've been in business for a little bit. Anytime your conversion is too low, it's always a salesmanship or a presentation problem. Sometimes. Anytime your conversion is too high, it is typically a pricing problem. Your price is too low. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, good salesmanship can always inflate conversion. And if your conversion gets too high, well, then you need to modify your price. Yeah. Um, once you're familiar with these numbers, you'll grow to rely on them and you'll use them every day to help grow your business. Uh, so we've talked about that. Um, for me, once I had all of these in place, then once the sheet, the sheet takes some time to build, right? And it's going to, it's going to be specific to you. It's an ongoing work. Yeah. Once that sheet's built, then what's going to happen is you're going to come home every night and you're going to plug your information into that sheet. And it's only going to take you a few minutes. It takes me like five minutes every night to plug all that stuff in. And that five minutes gives me an instant update as to how we're doing today, this week, and this month. Well, and that's because you did the systems prep. Yeah. You have that system in place to right. work for you. Right. You've already done the work. Without a system like this in place, what ends up happening is you are running hard every day and you don't know if it's paying off or not. And so it makes it very difficult. If you were to run a marathon, but you didn't know how long the race was going to be. <laughs> It'd be real tough to plan. That'd be pretty tough, right? <clears throat> you didn't know when the finish line was going to be. You didn't know what success looked like in that marathon. You didn't know, is this a sprint? Do I need to be running harder right now? Or can I ease up a little bit and conserve energy for later? And so what those metrics do for me is like, if we've had an awesome month, it tells me that we're pacing really well. So keep driving because this month is, is making out to be something awesome, right? <coughs> if we've had a slower start to the month, it tells me that I need to make up for lost time and kind of get back on track. Yeah. Um, Evaluate what's happened. Hey, right. you know, where do I need to go? What do we need to do? Right, right. So those, those numbers really help you understand how well you're doing. And without numbers and metrics to kind of base all that off of, you're going to get burned out. And visualization. So if you have a program that has a bar graph, say, right. say you don't like looking at those numbers, hit the bar graph. Yeah, yeah, Click, yeah. pie chart. And it will show you, you know, those things. Hey, right. last month, your pie chart looked like this. Right. This week or this month, it's looking like this. And, and you immediately know... Okay, we were successful last month, and I it, it was like this. Right. What do I need to do to to get back to that? And and your QuickBooks will actually do some of that for yeah. you. It'll tell you you know how much revenue you're making this month compared to last month and everything else. Your CRMs will also do that for you too. So, I like just using those basics: opportunities versus sold calls versus average tickets. Those three give me everything I need to know to run the sales half of the business. So. Um, once you start thinking of your business in those terms, it's getting, your business is getting ready to take off, uh, because now you can start using those terms to help you grow otherwise. So you can say like, okay, if I want to have another truck, well then I need twice as many opportunities each day. Yeah. I need, I need the business to prove to me, we have the opportunities to run another truck. And that focuses your concentration. So yeah. if you know, Hey, I need this many more calls, maybe advertising is the way to go. Maybe, you know, maybe say, maybe I need to push the guys to sell just a touch more. Right. You know, right. maybe I need to raise or lower my price right. just a little bit. Right. You know, it, and it helps focus, you know, your intent. Yeah. 
There's one other sheet that you're going to want to build, and this is separate from the, the tracking, the, the key performance indicator it's sheet. It's tracking, but it's different. It, it's tracking, but it's different. This is a monthly sheet where you can plug in each day's performance. And we're talking Excel sheets. Yeah. Okay. Excel sheets or Google sheets or and whatever. And when you get it, and we've talked about this before, when you start asking those questions, if you need us to break down what columns those need to be in and how we did it, or, you know, how do you, how do you think we should tell you to do that? Right. Send those questions in. Yeah. So we'll do it. We'll break them down. What we've got in. What, what I do on my monthly sheet, and again, this is separate from my key performance indicator sheet, my monthly sheet allows me to plug in a summary for each day. And so it'll tell me this day I ran three calls. It'll tell me this day my revenue was this. And then at the bottom of that tracking mechanism, I'll be able to like put in each daily revenue and it will automatically then calculate my revenue to date for the month. And then it knows... So, so typically there's anywhere between like 20 and 23 business days in a month. Yeah. Um, you know, Monday through Friday is a business day. Saturday and Sundays are kind of bonus. Um, so I've got my sheet set up to tell me, okay, yeah. there's 21 business days this month. We're 11 days into the month. So we're about halfway through. It's going to tell me that, okay, our revenue has been this so far and if we keep on this pace, then our projected revenue is going to be this. And then you can see, hey, last month, we're falling short of last month. Right. Hey, we're above. We got to turn up the dial. Yeah, we're above last month. Right. We're on target. The reason this is important is because there's a lot of people that start out in business and they assume I have to run every call that comes into my phone. They assume that I have to work every Saturday and I have to work every Sunday and every night and every weekend and every waking hour of the day. And that will kill you. It will literally kill you. Now, there are outliers. So a heating and cooling company, if you're a one-man shop, you may have to work. You're, you're, you may not have a set schedule. You may be working Saturdays and Sundays because you're on call and you're on your own. Now, if you want to grow that to get employees so that you can break that apart, yeah, you know, that... That's a separate subject. But you can literally work yourself to death if you allow it to do so. Yeah. So here's where this makes a giant difference. With a good tracking sheet that's going to tell you like, okay, we're, let's, let's use round numbers. Let's say it's a 20-day month and we are at day 10 and we are at $20,000 in revenue so far this month. You Okay. <laughs> Ah, I got something right. in my throat. Man, winter. Just dry yeah. out there, man. So day 10, we're at $20,000 in revenue. Your sheet's going to tell you that you're automatically pacing for a $40,000 month. Now, based off of your goals and everything, $40,000 may be low, it may be high. I don't know. Let's say $40,000 is high. You're way above pace. Your, your goal is to make $30,000 in the month and you're making forty. dollars That doesn't mean slack either. It does not mean slack. However... It does mean that if you are tired and you've worked a ton, you could schedule and that a phone, couple days off. Right. And that phone rings, it tells you that I don't have to run that call in order to be successful this month. We're not saying get rid of calls, but no. maybe when you answer it, say, I'm going to need to come out tomorrow. Right. Or the next day. Right. It is very easy to work yourself to death when you are new in business, especially if you're not tracking. So tracking allows you to say, I've afford, like I've worked so hard, I've afforded a Saturday off. I'm going to go out with the family on Saturday. 
Yeah. And, and when those calls come in, you just let them know, I don't have any availability today. My next availability is on Monday. Like for us, we're always closed on Sundays. So, um, we don't work Sundays at all, no matter, no matter what the nature of the the business is. Somebody could call in with a busted pipe and we're going to tell them, I'm sorry, I don't have any availability today. I can get out there. That's kind of like me. I don't work Sunday through Wednesday. (laughs) So, you know, just, you know, if you call from Sunday (laughs) to Wednesday, I'm not coming out to your house. Yeah. That's just. So, um, you know, my tracking allows me to do that right now. If we're behind pace and I know that I got to take everything that's going to come in, well then guess what? When that happens, um, I'm going to go through and I'm going to say, okay, we're behind pace. When that call comes in on a Saturday, I don't have a choice. I got to, sorry, family. I got to go, I got to go work. Right. Well, and let's, let's talk about that for a second. You may, you may be behind because you haven't got as many calls. So maybe you have got some rest. Right. Maybe you have spent a couple of, you know, so, you know, you, it helps you balance right. your life versus your work life. Yeah, and, and there's there's a couple of different avenues that you can look at that in. Like, for instance, if we've had a really good month, let's say I haven't worked myself to death, but sales have just been really well, I use that as a motivator to keep going, right? Yeah. Because what you're going to understand in business... Self-perspective is... Yeah, well, what you'll understand in business is once your needs are met, once your costs are met for the month, every dollar you make after that is profit. Mm-hmm. So my tracking sheets kind of let me know when those scales tip from meeting the needs to the business to now we're profiting and boy, I'll turn it up and I'll work hard because now we're into pure profit. Yeah. And so I'm it's just going to keep a, cranking. It's a natural motivator. Right. Hey, right. we are just, you know what we're doing right now? We're making, I might be able to take the guys all on vacation next year because right now we are flat. We're, it. we're killing it. Right. Yeah. So again, none of that happens without proper tracking. Um, there's, there's been a lot of times where I've spent time with my family because I knew I could. You know, when I started my business, we took, so when, when we started the business, I took a week vacation with our family from the time I separated from my employer to the time we opened our doors because I didn't know how much time I was going to have with my family after that. Yeah. So we took a week off. We went to Colorado. We hung out for a while. And uh, then I came back and like hit the ground running and, and started working hard. Within six months of us opening our business, we took four or five days off and we went skiing. I knew I could. We were performing really well. We had done really well month to month to month. And, and I knew like I can actually take a couple of days off and we can go, we can go, you know, to spend some time as a family. I haven't spent as much time with them as I'd like because I was working on the business. So let's go put in some quality time. And that's, let's be clear. That's part of the podcast too. We're not trying to tell you or grow you into just a machine that works. No. This is about, this is about family. This is about people. This is about doing the best that you can. Yep. This is this isn't just about business. Right, right, this right. This is about about helping people be better people also. Yeah. Being better uh family men and women. Yep. And I I mean those are good points. Yeah. This podcast is to help you be more successful in business so that you can also be more successful in your personal life. Yeah. And and you know a good thing I always kind of think about, you know, a lot of people um there are a lot of losers out there. I shouldn't say loser. I don't know. But right. a lot of people uh, live to work. Right. We work to live so that you can live your best life. One, we're going to we're gonna break here. We're going to show you guys something that, that most people don't see. We do these podcasts with almost virtually no editing. So if something goofy is happening, you're going to kind of hear it. Marcus, if you'll step outside for a second and grab the remote that's on the nightstand right outside that door. What are door, we doing? What's it, happening? It's getting a little warm in here and... One of our cameras is trying to overheat. 
Oh, I don't and care. So, I didn't pay for that camera. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus is going to reach through here and hand me a remote, and we're going to get this thing cooling off here a little bit. So. I wonder, so the camera's heating up. I never actually noticed, but I feel, I mean, I feel like it's pretty good in here. Does it feel cold in here to you? So here you go, Marcus. Now it'll start cooling off a little bit in here and keep our cameras from getting damaged from getting too hot. So yeah, this um, is real life podcasting. It, real life stuff here. Yeah. We're adapting as we come. So now you're going to want to take that remote and set it back on that nightstand, by the way, for that to work. Thank right. you, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Okay. So um, um, where were we at? We were wrapping up with how proper prep prepares you for great yeah. family life as well. So, yeah, exactly. Um, when you have a deep understanding of your financials, it gives you the opportunity to take some time off and enjoy the whole reason why you're doing this, right? You're not doing this because you love business. You're doing this because you love your family and you want to create a mechanism that helps you spend as much quality time with your family as possible. So yeah. um, the last thing we're going to talk about here is... Or family and friends. If you don't have family, but you like to do other things, you like to go base jumping. Right. You like to take the quads out and go down to Oklahoma. Right. You know? Right. That's just as good. Right, right. And you should be able to set yourself up in order to spend as much time doing that as you can. Yeah. So last thing we're going to talk about is to stop trashing your fellow tradesmen. There is a there is a problem in any trades or crafting industry where people are way too eager to trash and badmouth other people's work, other people's product, other people's anything. Yeah. That does not help you in business one bit. It will not help you in the slightest. So do not ever badmouth your competition in front of your customer. And this is about this isn't just about that and this may this topic may seem like it's a big leap, but it's also advertising. That yes. is a form of advertising yes. and presenting yourself as a professional. Right, right. If people want drama, they'll go watch all the reality TV shows to grab all the drama they want. They don't yeah. want drama from the tradesman that's coming into their home. To work on their home that they've worked hard to obtain. Right. They don't want drama from the person that's cutting their hair or mowing their lawn or anything like that. Maybe hair cutters. Well, there's, they're, a, there's a lot of clucking in there sometimes. They're, they're going to cluck and they're going to gossip a little bit, but they're not <laughs> trashing other salons. No. No. no right? No. So... Um, your, your customers pick up on this and it draws unwanted attention from your customers and it makes you look really bad. Um, and, and the reason why is your customer is solution oriented. They're coming to you because they have a problem. And if you're bad mouthing your competition or other people that might be bidding on that job, you're not putting them any closer to a solution. So yeah. they're, they're focused on a solution and you should be too. Um, keep in mind, like let's say, let's say you're in the contracting industry your customer might be getting three bids to do a deck or to do some drywall or to do some painting or whatever else. So your customer's considering, they're actually considering using one of the companies that is coming to work for them. Yeah. If you badmouth that company, you're basically badmouthing your customer's opinion because they're considering using one of those companies. And if you tell them that, oh, I wouldn't use them, they're junk. They, they produce crappy product. Well, they may have been a great option in that customer's mind. And so now you just told your customer your opinion is junk. Yeah. And let's say, let's say they had three bids. Right. They may, you may have automatically removed them and yourself and they're going with that third option. Right. Right. You may have just put, you, you know, you may have put them off and they're like, oh, you know what? Right. Screw both of them. I'm right. going with this other guy. And I want to tell you how I do it. Um, 
but I'm going to, I'm going to like, so I have done it this way and it just so had, there's actually another guy out there uh, that has a really good way of, of describing this. We'll get to that in a second. But how I do it is I'll usually, if, if I can get access to the other companies that are bidding it, I'm, I'm not doing it so that I can understand who I'm bidding against. I'll ask, do, do you mind telling me what other companies you've had out here looking at this work? And they'll tell me. The whole purpose I want to know is so that I can praise those companies. I don't, even, I don't even care if they do bad work or not. But in front of the customer, I want to tell the customer that, yeah, those companies do pretty good work. And, and in our industry, um, if, if we don't hear about a company, that usually means they do good work. And I don't know a whole lot about them. And so that means they yeah. probably do good work. If they, if, if they did bad work, I'd know it. Yeah, because okay? it'd I'm be gonna, everywhere. I'm going to tell that to the customer. Because what I'm doing is I'm reaffirming to the customer that their opinion is of value and the companies that they're looking at are not bad companies. Okay. Yeah. What happens is the company, the customer really appreciates that. And now they really appreciate me for not taking the bait to badmouth another company. And usually they end up going with us for the work. Not always. Not always, but usually they do. But that's even, even though you know it may not help you make a sale right that's stand-up professionalism and that's where you what you need to strive to be yeah yeah um andy frasella uh he has another podcast uh he's actually kind of had two one was the mfceo project and then now he has another one called real af um i follow his podcast i've, li- I've literally watched every single episode of his podcast he's got some really good stuff he has a great way of explaining it, um, and he uses like the the Ford to Chevy option. So, like, let's say you drive a Ford, and you're considering switching to a Chevy, and you take your Ford truck to the Chevy dealer. The wrong way for that Chevy dealer to approach you is for that salesman to walk up to you and say, "Oh man, you're driving one of those junky, you know, Ford or Chevy, whatever, whatever, which way this is going. Oh, you're driving one of those junky Fords. We need to get you into a Chevy right away." Yeah. Well, guess what? That salesman just turned that customer off because keep in mind, there was a time where that guy loved that car and you're now telling him that what he loves is junk. You are a dipshit. Right. So the right way to handle that, even if the guy was to take it well, yeah, it's still, it's not helping you when you're trying to make sales. Sometimes the littlest thing. Yeah. So hurt you. So the right way to say that is, oh yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of people that are switching from Fords to Chevys and Ford makes good stuff, you know? Um, you know, Chevy's got some different stuff, so let's let's just check it out, right? Yeah. You're not bad mouthing the guy. Let's compare the two and you tell me what you like. Right. You know, I'll tell you what what I think we do better. Right, right. And we'll sit down and hash it out. So you you can talk about it without bad mouthing. Yes. So that's the key. You can bring up bad things without bad mouthing a competitor. Yeah. You know and, and that's the key to win in that war with your competition. So Guys, this wraps up a lot of our planning steps, and we have covered a ton of info in this preparation step stuff. Frankly, I'm exhausted. So <laughs> just to give you guys a realistic timeline, I did all of these preparation steps in six months. It took me six months to do all of these. What we've talked about in the last six episodes. In the last six episodes, it took me six months to work through all of this. Now... I did it for the plumbing industry, and I did it in a way that um, allowed me to succeed. I had 20 years of experience 
before putting these steps together. I had 14 years of management experience before putting all these steps together. So based off of that experience, I was able to do all of the preparation steps, the personal finance prep, the business finance prep, and then the systems prep. I was able to do that in six months. Just using similar apples to apples comparisons, if you've been a plumber for five years and you have never managed people, it may take you longer to do these prep steps, and that is perfectly fine. It may take you shorter. Let's be honest. It could so, take you shorter. It could take you shorter. You might shorter. be debt-free. You, well, you may – so you say you had all that experience, but we've just lined out all the steps in order. Right. When you started, you didn't right. have it have all lined all, out. Exactly. I had to create all this. You were learning this. as you were going. Yeah. It may That's take a good you point, two months. Man. Right, right. You know? What Great I'm getting point. at is, is time doesn't matter. So don't get focused on how long it might take you. And don't you. get frustrated. Just get in there and get it. Right. Get it done and then just stay end result focused. Once the business is up and going, you're going to be a much happier person, especially yeah. if you've done all and these prep steps. And some people are goal oriented. So maybe write down those first three and say, hey, when I got that done, all Cross right, it off. got it done. Right. Get the next one. Just take them one at a time. Right. And if you're not writing your goals down, get to doing it. Write down, get personal finances under control. Give yourself a literal box to check when yeah. that's done. So uh, doing that helps out dramatically because checking that box is so powerful. Yeah. Um, you're soon going to be in the mindset of, oh, man, I'm in a whole different caliber. That's great. Millionaire that's, mindset, that's baby. That's that millionaire mindset, and, and you're going to be smiling as you start crossing some of this stuff off. And if you've done what we've suggested before about kind of separating yourself from some of your friends that are dragging you down and you're gravitating yourself towards some of your more successful friends – that's going to help too because you're going to watch those friends start cheering you on. Yeah, and as, if you thought that millionaire mindset was, you know, I can't just click and turn that on, but how you can get there is like we just talked about crossing off those steps. Right. So as long as you're moving forward and up, yep. you're getting there right. just a little at a time and you just got to keep working at it. Yeah, stay disciplined work the processes that we've lined out for you and you are getting ready to open up a wonderful boatload of opportunities. Guys, remember as, as we're wrapping up this show, remember that if you like what you're hearing on this show, do us a favor and help share the void with somebody who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw the opportunity to help. Uh, so we're, that's why we put on this show. Um, we would love to watch this show take off and, and, and be a good indicator and help that, people out and, and yeah, be a good indicator not just that we're helping a lot for of people. us, not like our ego boost, right? But man, if people start sending in, Hey, thank you for your help. You know, I've been in business six months now, right? You know, right. It's worth it. It's worth it. Right, right. Or people that have recently started their business, but maybe they didn't do all of this stuff and now they're having to do it in arrears. They're doing it afterwards. You can still do it and, and you're going to watch the yeah. business turn around. They're going to watch their business go from somewhat stagnant to start climbing. And, yeah, and or that's climbing great. steeper, even yeah. if they were on an upward tra trajectory. Right, right. So uh, do us a favor and help share the show with anybody that might need it. Uh, the easiest way to do that is kind of on the social media platforms that you're already on. You know, Don't go blast this on your own social media because nobody, nobody follows that stuff. Um, go as you see people asking questions about how to start their own company or how to perform, perf improve the performance of their newly started company, drop a link to an episode or drop a link to the show, yeah. uh, on there and help 
help us out that way. Let them follow as they as they want. So um, we really appreciate you guys helping us get this message in front of everybody that needs it. So until next week, guys. Really thanks, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us through all of these prep steps. It's a lot of hard work, but you'll find out soon that it's going to pay off. So yeah. we, we will see you next week. Love you guys.